basketball. It's all about playing the game the right way. The name on the front of the jersey is more important than that name on the back of the jersey. You play for the Indiana Pacers. That's who you represent. Hello and welcome to the All Pacers podcast. You can find us on Instagram at all.pacers for all your daily Pacers news and content with our great community of fans. And with me is Jack Brown and our producer, Breezy. What's up, fellas? What up? Hey, where were you November 14th, 2001? Fellas, you remember this day? Nope. No. <laughs> All right. Well, let me tell you what happened. The place, the Pacers played in Boston, lost by eight. However, we got to see a glimpse of greatness. Primo's Breezich, eight points, five rebounds in only nine minutes played. <laughs> Stellar stat line. Thank you for that, Breezy. And that was a great introduction for you to the podcast. Yeah, I think that's also going to be where we end his career <laughs> on All Pacers Pod. <laughs> All right, everybody. We got a break, great pod coming for you today. So sit down, girlfriend. Yes. And dude. we're going to get into it. We're going to be talking today about almost everybody in this room's favorite pacer, I believe, Victor Oladipo. Am I wrong there? Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, it sounds like Austin likes Primo's Brezic. Well, I mean, like, are we talking current Pacers or all-time Pacers? Current Pacer. Oh, current Pacers is definitely Depot. What about all-time? All-time, oof. Primo's up there, but, like, (laughs) you also have Austin Crozier, Chuck Persons. Oh, Chuck Persons. That's a good one. I'm sorry, Chuck Parsons. Oh. (laughs) Uh, uh, Reggie's uh, up there. Anybody besides Mark Jackson. Ooh. Interesting. Do you actually not like Mark Jackson? Uh, I've just had... I've just come to have so much distaste for him as an announcer (laughs) (laughs) that I can't. It's like before we went on the air, Jack was talking about how Kevin Garnett is so bad on television that he can no longer have fond memories of him as a player. I'm kind of like that with Mark Jackson. Yeah. Okay. Good point. So Oladipo, he's hurt right now, but he'll be coming back hopefully pretty soon in the next couple of months. Um and what we're going to be talking about today is just our vision for what a perfect team for Oladipo might look like. So we got pl- complementary players, best coaches, etc. So Jack, take it away. All right. So my whole goal with this was I want to start with the team that we have now, go from point A to point B, and build a perfect team to where Oladipo can not only thrive in the system, but thrive in the city and love his time in Indy. Um, So what I wanted to do was just shake things up. So my uh, first step, which if anyone's doing something like this, it should probably be your first step too, honestly. Uh, But my first step is I'm going to trade TJ Leaf quickly to the LA Lakers for their point guard, Quinn Cook. Now, I don't know if the Lakers would want to do this. I saw last night, or I don't know who the Lakers were playing. But Quinn Cook had 12 points and 8 assists. I don't think TJ Leaf's ever going to put up a stat line like that unless it's end of the season when he's playing. Like last year when he had 20-something points. But if we need to throw in a second-round pick, just really anything, then, yeah, like we'll give you whatever you need. Just take TJ Leaf off our hands. But we'll take Quinn Cook, who is one of Oladipo's best friends. They work out together. Oladipo always talks about Quinn Cook on Instagram and whenever he can. Um, so loves Quinn Cook. That's an easy one for me. But if we do need to throw in a second round pick, I'll do it. I know we have a lot of point guards. Yeah, that's going to change things up when it comes to Aaron Holiday. But also one of my future moves I want to make is to move T.J. McConnell for something. I don't know what that would. Well, look I like. think you 
throw TJ McConnell in that deal, right? TJ McConnell and, and TJ Leaf. And TJ Leaf. For Quinn Cook. For Quinn Cook. Because they're not going to give a, up a point guard for a power forward who's not going to play. I think you're also overlooking the fact that why does anyone want TJ Leaf? <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's why true. I'm saying, look, okay, fine. I'll give him two firsts. Whatever wow. we got to do Gosh. to get rid of this dude. He has looked bad, man. Look, I he seems like a nice dude. The only Israeli-born player in the NBA, so that's cool. But I, I just don't think it's I, – I just got to get rid of him. I don't know if I want to get rid of TJ McConnell with it because I think we could get a pick for TJ McConnell if we want it. Maybe a second-round pick from some team because TJ McConnell can still play. Like, he's looked pretty good so far. I mean – Yeah, but Quinn Cook, I think, is an upgrade. From TJ McConnell? Yeah. Am I it's wrong? Like a, it's like a slight one. I don't know if it's like a – That's close. That's not a huge upgrade. Pretty close. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, I don't know. May, yeah, maybe we do that then. And that would actually be good because – that would clear up a roster spot that I've been trying to figure out. There you go. Let's do that. TJ Leaf and TJ McConnell for Quinn Cook. Maybe they'll ask for TJ Warren and we can figure out a trade there so they can get all the TJs, which would be good branding because you know how LA Lakers are all about branding. We'll figure that out on a different day. But, okay, next move, step two. We sign, since we have this open roster space now, I'm moving this up. We sign Zebo, a.k.a. Zach Randolph, who is from Marion, Indiana, I believe. He's a free agent right now, brings toughness and grit, and loves Indiana, as far as I'm aware. That's <laughs> wild speculation, but we'll go with it. <laughs> How can you not love Indiana? That's all I'm saying. So we signed Zach Randolph, get that toughness, and that'll be great when we move on from one of our centers on this next move. Which, Zach Randolph's not a center. I, I would be curious to see what his actual height is. I think he's listed as 6'9". But with all these measurements, all the Pacers have been getting shorter. Uh, Edmund Sumner's down to 6'4". Now he started the season at 6'6", six six, which is interesting to know. Who also, I mean, Edmund Sumner's look good. It's true. We, we could, you know, we, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, next move, which I've talked about this way too much. I'm sorry to bring <laughs> this up again. We're going to send our center, Miles Turner and Jeremy Lamb, and maybe a 2022 first round pick which is that double draft which would be tough to leave or to move on from but we trade those guys and that pick for drew holiday and josh hart i'm shaking my head because this is jack's dream is to get all the holiday <laughs> brothers <Yeah. laughs> all right, i know i'm kind it. of obsessed with let's, this let's hear your uh, explanation here look okay so my first choice when i was doing this was bradley beal mm-hmm. and i just could not figure out a scenario where we could take on all that money and be able to build for the future with this. So my my whole mindset is like, let's get Bradley Beal first. If we can't afford it, which we probably can't, then let's try to get Drew Holiday, who on defense is stellar. I don't know if you remember a couple years ago, him and Oladipo were both on the first team all defensive yeah. team. Um, and for good reason, because Drew Holiday can guard multiple, multiple positions, um, is a pest on defense, and I mean, honestly deserves to be there. Oladipo too is the same way. So if you get those two in the backcourt, which Brogdon's good at defense too, so I don't want to discredit him, but I think he's a tradable piece as well. And, I mean, he's looked good thus far. We're only two games into the season when we're taping this pod, but he's averaging 26 points right now, which is 11th in the NBA, and 10.5 assists, which is first in the NBA. <laughs> We've lost both those games, but, I mean, that's still worth mentioning. I might be talking myself into Malcolm Brogdon right now <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> but my whole point is, like, look, Brogdon's good at defense. But if we got Drew Holiday and Oladipo in the backcourt together, man, people are going to have a hard time scoring. That's why I want him. Plus, like, he can help with the development of Aaron Holiday if we are investing in him. I, I don't know how I feel. It might be an overreaction right now, but Aaron Holiday 
the first game looked pretty rough. I don't do we know why he didn't play the second game? I haven't seen anything. Yeah. No. I don't know if he just wasn't playing or what happened, but he didn't play the second game. Uh I don't know if it's coach's decision or injury. But I think it'd be good for him to have his older brother there who's an established player in the NBA and then just that whole backcourt efficiency from those two would be awesome. Technically he already does have his older brother there who's oh, an yeah, true, true. NBA player. <laughs> but he could have both of his older brothers there. There you go. Wouldn't you just take Drew Hall? Why do you need Josh Hart in that deal? Uh, just to match salary. So I figured if we send them Jeremy Lamb, that'd be better than us giving them Doug McDermott, who, I mean, can hit shots. I, I love those plays right now where he's coming off a screen without the ball and then at the top of the three gets the ball, shoots on the move, and hits it. I mean, I love that play that we run. But if you're New Orleans, wouldn't you rather have Jeremy Lamb than Doug McDermott? I would. I just I don't think they would give up Josh Hart and Drew Holiday. If that's their thing is to like get all these young stars, I do think they might have interest in Miles Turner because their starting center is Derek Favors. Yeah, and they <laughs> yeah. Have Oka, which like Jalil Okafor still has potential. I think Jalil has looked good this season. Yeah, but he's kind of immobile on defense. Yes, so that's a good change of pace for them. Okay, so yeah, that's that's I forgot to mention that that is one of my big reasons why I think the New Orleans Pelicans would be a good trade partner for us because their centers are Derek Favors, Jalil Okafor, and then Jackson Hayes, who, I mean, they really like it, sounds like, but he's nowhere near ready to play. I believe them to be in the market for a center, and I think Miles Turner could be that answer. Plus, reported by Complex News, I just read, they're looking to trade Lonzo, which means they're committing to one point guard, which it sounds like Drew Holiday at this point, but if we could give them Miles Turner and then them just commit to Alonzo Ball, which isn't that big of a downgrade. I mean, it kind scoring-wise, yeah, defense a little bit, but like... Hold on now. If you're the Pacers, why not trade for Alonzo? Is he related to Aaron Holiday? <laughs> oh. <laughs> he did look pretty good in that season opener. I think his shot has improved and he's playing a lot better than he was on the Lakers. How many uh, point guards are we up to? Five. <laughs> well, if we get rid of TJ McConnell, four. I mean, if you, I'm counting Nas Mitru Long. Am I saying his name right? I think that's right. I'm including him. So it'd be Brogdon, Aaron Holiday, Quinn Cook, Nas. Not looking great. In my original trade, I didn't include TJ McConnell. So we had five and then one power forward and two centers. Not looking good in that aspect. That's why I wanted to sign Zach Randolph. Yeah. Which is good that you wanted to include TJ McConnell. I think that trade actually could work if you do TJ McConnell and TJ Leaf for Quinn Cook. And maybe a second. I don't know what they would do, but yeah, that could be good. I was looking at centers too that are free agents and players that are left are like Joe Kim Noah, Marcin Gortat, Ekbiudo, who's pretty good at defense. Marcin Gortat's good at setting screens, which is helpful. Joe Kim Noah has all, I mean, he's always been pretty good except for those years in New York where he just had no drive. Man, I think if any of that, <laughs> this is going to be the new starting center? Well, Sabonis is still there, but. Or the or this, but they're one of them's gonna start though. Like it'll still be Sabonis and X free agent. Well, that's that's why I'm saying sign Zach Randolph so we could have Sabonis and Zach Randolph. Gotcha. Yeah, that sounds kind of. I mean, for me, like, when's the last time Zach Randolph played? Sacramento last year. Did he play the whole year? To be honest, I wasn't really watching Sacramento Kings games, so I don't know. But I don't know if anyone was. <laughs> <laughs> the only time I watched it was to watch Yogi, which was fun. But like. I guess I, I don't I don't have any idea if he's still Dude, good. Dude, roll Goga out. 
Yeah, that's let the him thing get, too, let man. Him, I mean, if that's the thing, like, and you're trying to prep for the future, let the guy get his minutes. I mean, the Pacers are all about winning now, too. So, like, I think it's going to be hard for an old-school coach like Nate McMillan to even say, yeah, let's give Gogo all these minutes. Like, he's not, he's not even playing Aaron Holiday right now, who's, what, second or third, second year in the NBA? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it seems like Goga's still far off from being able to contribute consistently for an NBA team, too. But, yeah, you guys are kind of messing up my picks. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about how uh, they let Goga have number 88, and that was Marvin Harrison's number? Oh! I don't Marvin like it. You don't like that crossover? Famous, famous pacer. Yeah. Marvin <laughs> Harrison. <laughs> well, it's a, it, if, if you're a small market city... I feel like you gotta. You should when you retire a number for one team, it just retires for both. Interesting. I've never thought of it like yeah, that. Yeah, I. Well, you know what? I'm thinking about it right now. And then I don't know if you guys watched Futurama, but when they're talking about the Yankees team, they start yeah. getting into fractions and stuff because <laughs> it's a thousand years in the future. And I feel like we're just speeding up that process. Yeah. Like we're gonna start running out of numbers. We're gonna have players wearing 90s and three-digit numbers and all that stuff. And well, the good news is the NFL maybe has like. 20 more years left. <laughs> True. <laughs> That's if they're lucky. NFL's on a shot clock right now. Yeah, you're right. Let's just move Goga down to number 87. Do you have more moves? Oh, no, because actually one of my moves was to get rid of Jakar Sampson or McConnell. So I didn't want to waive TJ McConnell because I do think he has value, which if you really think that's going to be important for the Quinn Cook trade, then we could do it. But, I mean, I feel like TJ McConnell's better than Quinn Cook, but that's me. So why are you? Why are you? Yeah, why are you trading for Quinn Cook? I told you this. Quinn Cook is one of Oladipo's best friends. We're trying to make Oladipo as happy to be in Indy as possible. I, th- I think he already is happy though. Yeah. Well, I think just my worry right now, two games into the season, and I am overreacting for the sake of this podcast. And we'll get to Jack's overreactions later, guys. Don't worry. Which I have plenty. I don't want to lose however many games we're going to lose this year without Oladipo, and then Oladipo. Oladipo look at this team and say, okay, this team's not ready to win right now. Like, I'm probably better off somewhere else. He's 27. He's entering his prime. Maybe he looks elsewhere. That's all I'm saying. So, like, I just want to put the right people around him. I love our fit with Nate McMillan and Oladipo. I don't know if I talked about this on the last pod or not, but Nate McMillan was a bench player for the Seattle Supersonics once Gary Payton got there and actually led the league in steals one season as a six-man. He had three a game for a whole season, made the defensive team that year, obviously. Um, Oh, well, I guess you don't always make defensive teams if you lead the league in steals or blocks, right? True. Um, But he made the all-defensive team. So he was just like a pesky guard who actually played point for the first part of his career. So I think that's important for Oladipo. I think we have the great – or the best best coach possible for Oladipo and Nate McMillan because, yeah, defense and just like has been there before and gets what Oladipo does. So we got that right. As far as my moves, that's pretty much where I wrap it up, though. I mean, I think there's other things to do. Like, I, I might be interested in moving TJ Warren if we can. I, I liked him in preseason a lot, but as I remind myself every year at this point, you should never react to preseason moments because it means nothing. We need we need to get a sound. It's just overreaction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just there, that every, was the sound. You got every, it. Every time Jack comes in with an overreaction. <laughs> Look, I just get it, man. I'm a Pacer fan. I just want to see a championship. That's not too much to ask, but, well, maybe it is. It might be too much to ask for. (laughs) So, 
I just wish the Pacers, with some of these moves, made. I mean, contract-wise, we're kind of stuck for a bit. We have so many players on two to three to four-year contracts. And a lot of these players, I'm looking at, I'm like, are they really worth having on this team for that long? We don't really have any expiring contracts well, to I trade. I don't think a lot of these guys aren't set to be on the team for a long time. We got a lot of short contracts, a lot of one- or two-year deals with uh, team options and stuff like that. So it's not like we're going to be stuck for more, than a, for more than a year or two. Yeah. As far as, like, our big money people, I, I mean, it just seems like – I mean, Oladipo will probably sa- sign his extension soon. I-, I would be curious to see how much we offer him. But Sabonis is in for four years. Turner's in. Sabonis is in for five years, including this year. Turner's in for four. The big money people is where we have. That's that's what I'm saying. We're kind of stuck. So, but there's a ton of flexibility around the peripheral there. Yeah, and as far as trades, the like biggest tradable assets we have are probably like our young Miles Turner. Mm-hmm. Sabonis for sure might even have more value than Turner right now, but yeah, there's some moves that we need to make. I just don't know how we're going to be able to make them unless it's for Drew Holiday. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, there was Jack's measured, well thought out with trades, takes on what we can do to for a perfect Oladipo situation. And here's my dream scenario. No trades, no thought out anything. (laughs) I'm just throwing guys on the team. Hey, can I add something real quick? Yeah, for sure. I'm sorry. I forgot. I skipped over this, and I think this is one of my most important moves. So what I think the Pacers... Sorry, I just cut you off completely. But what the Pacers need to do is we need to go straight to Dwayne Wade's house. We need to fly out to L.A. or wherever he's living right now. Knock on his door, if we can even get this far. But I believe in the Pacers organization. We need to knock on his door and say, hey, Oladipo, we'll give you 2% ownership in the Pacers and a million dollars a year. Why are we going to Dwayne Wade's house to ask Oladipo this question? Oh, did I say Oladipo? <laughs> I meant Dwayne Wade. <laughs> well, I mean, because Oladipo, that's why. So we're going to Dwayne Wade's house, talking to Gabrielle Union or Dwayne Wade or whoever answers, and saying, hey, we'll give you 2% ownership in the Pacers and a million a year, and we just want you to mentor Oladipo and make him the best player possible. Who's, who says no to that? Dwayne Wade. Why? Why, why does he want to move to Indianapolis to do that? We'll just fly him out. We'll, char- we'll get a charter plane, fly him out. I don't know. It just seems like a lot. I think the Pacers say no to that. <laughs> and also, why do you need Dwayne Wade to mentor Vic when you have the man who mentored both of them, Tom, Tom Crean? <laughs> <laughs> and then we signed Wes Matthews, too, and there we yep. got all three. Oh, well, we don't have Dwayne Wade in this scenario. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah, let's get Tom Crean as an assistant coach. No, no, thank you. Yeah, same. <laughs> All right, before I was so rudely interrupted. Sorry. By that awesome Dwayne Wade take. Thank you. <laughs> the only thing I took into consideration here was salary cap. I don't know anything about trades or how we're going to acquire these players, but it's going to happen. All right, so I'm going to give you. It's going to happen. You heard going, it here it's first. It's going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to give you a little background and description of the players. I'll tell you their, their salary. And, uh, Jack, why don't you try and guess when, when we get to it? Gladly. Right? I'm in. All right. At point guard, you want someone who can handle the ball. He can be a closer and can play really well with a shooting guard, too. Someone who can take a lot of the pressure off Oladipo in late-game situations and throughout the, the rest of the game. Uh, for $29 million, who do you think I'm talking about here, Jack? Well, I thought you were going down the Frank Nitalinka. Is that how you say his name? Line? Nitalikina, I think. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Frankie Smokes. Frankie Smokes, yeah. 
Well, I thought you were going to that down that route, but you said twenty nine million. So I'm gonna guess Damian Lillard. Oh, that is correct. What? <laughs> yeah, Damian Lillard. He plays super well with CJ McCollum, so you know he'll fit right along with another shooting guard who handles a lot of the ball. He he can shoot really well. He's a great closer. I think he'd be a great fit. Oh, hey, I agree one hundred percent. One. Before we go to the next one, or were you going to add something else about Damian Lillard? I was. Oh, sorry. You do that first, and then I want to give you a rule change for this guessing game. So okay. Go ahead. Uh, for $29 million, you're only getting Damian Lillard at that price for like a year, and then it goes up to 40 Jeez. and then to 54 I, That's not so. even... How's that even possible? <laughs> With this China stuff, too? That's yeah. going to look bad, man. We'll just take him for a year, and then we'll, we'll get off that contract. But yeah, we'll get him for a year. It'll be great. All right, I'm in. Rule, what's the rule change? Uh, don't tell me their salary, because that just totally gave it away, because you know how I am with NBA salaries. Oh, yeah, you're like, you're a wizard. Yeah, it's crazy. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's your shooting guard? He plays for the Pacers right now. Okay. His first name is Victor. Okay. And he might be a mass singer. Do you have any other hints, or? No. Who do you think it is? Victor. Victor, 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 <laughs> Victor, Victor. Is it Victor Oladipo? It is because he is on the team. Wow, dude, crazy. All right, so at small forward, you want a good defender. You want a proven winner. You, you also need a shooter here at this position. So someone who can really stretch the floor, make things tough for opponents on both ends of the court. With that limited information, Jack, who do you think I'm talking about? Tough on defense, hits open shots. Small forward, you said? Small forward. Man, this is tricky. I'm going to go ahead and guess Mo Harkless. Ooh, not a bad guess. Probably also a pretty good fit on the team. But I was going with Danny Green. Oh. Yeah, former NBA champion. Kind of pricey. Uh, not too bad. Only $14 million. Okay, I thought he was making $18 million, to be honest. 14 Okay, that's not that bad. Proven champion mul- multiple times. Uh, really good shooter. I think he shot like 45%. From three last year, which is insane. And uh, he's made an all-defense team, so he's going to lock it down for you. Also, another good pick there would have been Boyan Bogdanovich. True, but we let that one slip out of our <laughs> We <face>. let that <laughs> one go. <laughs> All right, power forward. Uh, you want a guy who's a bit of a bruiser, who can rebound really well from this position, and someone who can get in there and do some dirty work and also score a lot too because I'm big on scoring from every position. Uh, who do you think I'm talking about here, Jack? That one's kind of tricky. Um, not Zach Randolph? Not Zach Randolph. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm feeling, I don't know his price tag. It might be kind of expensive. It's not Serge Ibaka, is it? It's not. He's not a great scorer. Um, can you tell me East or West? It's East. Was on West last year. That's a big hint. Oh. No idea. Julius Randall. Oh. Interesting. He a uh, little bit less of a workload this year on the Knicks, but he's proven last season with Pelicans that he can score. Uh, he's going to fill it up on the boards, and he can really get in there and do the dirty work for you. I think he'd be a really good fit with this team. At center, bit of a long shot one here, just just because I really like the center. Uh, great at threes. Okay. Good rebounder. Um, that's all I'm going to give you. You're not going to tell me he's a great passer? He might be. Oh, okay, so it's not Jokic? It's not. That'd be a really good fit with Oladipo this and is a This is a good value pick here. Okay, sorry. Say the say the qualifiers one more time. Great at threes, good rebounder, center. 
Great at threes and a good rebounder. Ryan Anderson. No. No. Gross. <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know this one. Brooke Lopez. Oh, yes. Oh. Love me some Brooke Lopez at only $12 million. He'd be the cheapest member of your starting lineup. Okay. Uh, total $94 million. You get Shoot, man. <laughs> it's a lot for a starting lineup, but you're going to be able to mix these guys up with your bench. And I think without going too far into the luxury, you got a pretty good team here. This is my dream. It's going to happen. I, I feel it. I feel you it's feel going it? to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Damian Lillard, Oladipo, Danny Green, Julius Randle, Brooke Lopez. What a team. Wow. That's a champion. So where did Miles Turner go? Did he just vanish? Uh, well, if he if he would take like a $20 million pay cut, he can come off the bench. <laughs> Checking in at number 33 for zero a year. <laughs> Miles Turner. What would our um, fan sections be called without Miles Turner or TJ Warren? Um, you'd have the Rowdy Randalls. The Rowdy Randalls. <laughs> and Brooks Nook. Yes. Brooks the, Nook. The Brook Nook. The Brook Nook. <laughs> Wait, just rewind for a second to where you are now living in a world where the announcers... <laughs> <laughs> The announcers announce the player's salary every, <laughs> every time they check in. <laughs> and then they start announcing some of the fan salaries when they walk into the stadium. Oh, oh here comes Bob, who works at the movie theater. $12 an hour. I, th- I think they might actually do that in the Warriors' new stadium. Oh, yeah, it's probably. Just shaming everyone who doesn't make $100,000 a year. <laughs> or a million a year, honestly. All right. So those are our thoughts on a perfect Oladipo situation. Dang, I want to build a perfect Oladipo team now. Wait, Jack, you could do it really quick, I bet. You know what, Austin? You're right. I can do it real quick. (laughs) Here's my team. You ready? So this one should come as no surprise to any of you two or anyone that's listening to this pod right now. But at point guard, I have a phenomenal defender who also hits shots and would be very good to the development of Aaron Holiday. Do you have any kind of guess? Oh, it's set to make $26 million this year. Well, it sounds like it's time to rename Banker's Life to Holiday World. Oh! Drew I Holiday. love that! <laughs> yeah! Dude! And then, oh, I'm all in on that. With the name change happening soon, potentially, Holiday World needs to do it. Dude, I'm hyped for that. Let's do it. Let's make some calls to Holiday World and say, hey, you have to sponsor the Pacers Arena. We could have a whole segment of the park that's like Aaron themed and then a whole one that's Drew themed. And then Justin, don't worry about Justin. Free sodas at the arena now. Ooh. And trash cans everywhere. And free sunscreen at the arena. (laughs) Okay, for everyone not living in Indiana, Holiday World is a theme park in Indiana. And you get free sodas there. Unlimited free sodas. Dude, Holiday World would be so sick. All right. Shooting guard is Oladipo. Of course. I was actually about to describe him without saying his name, but obviously it's Oladipo. All right. Small forward. This dude is tough, thrives in a situation probably where it's a good locker room and good culture. Great on defense, is clutch, takes some of that uh, burden off of Oladipo last second or last seconds of the game. And is just a really good player. Set to make $32 million this year. Paul George. Um, no, but I've thought about it. And let me let it be known, I have a strong distaste for Paul George still. I don't know when I'll get over that. But Paul George would be a really good fit with Oladipo. And I hate to say it, but I'd never want it to happen. But the way they play would be a really good fit. Anyway, it's not Paul George. Good guess. I don't know. Who is it? 
Jimmy Butler from the Miami Heat. Oh, nice. I think he'd be good on defense with Drew Holiday and Oladipo. I'm all about defense, and I know Nate McMillan is too, as well as the whole Pacers organization. But, yeah, Jimmy Butler would be fun. Great in the clutch. Best player on the Sixers last year, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could argue, but just a really good player. So I think that'd be a good fit. I mean, he's making $32 million, So already right now we have Drew Holiday at $26 million, Oladipo at 21 Jimmy Butler at 32 So that's $79 million. And I'm trying to beat you, Jeremy. (laughs) I'm going to have less salary than you. All right, let's hear it. I mean, the season after this one, I'll (laughs) definitely beat you, I think. Oh, no, because your big one kicks in with Dame. Right, but we're only for a season. Okay, only for a season. So I'm at, what did I say, 79 million? Yeah. Okay. So next, I have a power forward who can pretty much do it all on the court, is still on his rookie-scale contract, making $2 million this year. He has an extension that kicks in the next year, which starts him at $29 million. So it goes... 2 29 31 33 and then it maxes out at 35 million in the 5th year. Proven winner, ready to take over his team now and just a great all-around player. Who do you think it is? Zinger. Zinger? Zinger. Is is that a player? Kristaps Porzingis. Oh. Porzingis. No, great guess. Um it's actually Pascal Siakam. Oh, nice. Who I think would be a great fit with yeah. this team as well. Um, we're definitely lacking some stellar shooting. Like we don't have that Danny Green on our team, but we'll make it work. At center, this one I was just trying to save money, and I was looking for a young guy who I really like and is in a situation where he's not even starting at this point. So he is young, has that old school look about him, really good on defense, and then can roll on a pick and roll pretty well. So he's making two million this year and three million next. And then the year after that, he'll be eligible for a qualifying offer. But, you know, hopefully the Pacers would extend him and be well over the salary cap at that point. This one's kind of tough. The old school look was supposed to be a better hint. So old school look, $3 million next year, center. He's still on his rookie contract. I don't know. Who you got? Well, since in this scenario we don't have Miles Turner, um, I was looking for another Texas big man, went straight to Brooklyn, found Jared Allen. Oh. And I have Jared Allen as our starting center. That's so nice. my lineup is Drew Holiday, Victor Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, Pascal Siakam, and Jared Allen. My bench will be Aaron Holiday, Justin Holiday, their sister, whatever her name is, Holiday, maybe the mom and dad. You'll just get them all. And then if we have room for any of the Hoosiers or maybe Boilermakers that I like now, I don't like them when they're in college, but once they make it to the pros, they're fun to watch. Carson Edwards, bring them in. I'm not ready for Carson Edwards. I'm not ready yet. Give me next. Talk to me next year. I'll be ready. But like Etwan Moore, I'll put him on the team. We'll we'll resurrect uh, Robbie Hummel's career. Get him. Jawan How- Jawan Johnson. Right? Was that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he wants to play, sure. But I'm thinking more like Cody Zeller. We just have to give him a huge pay cut. He needs to like come to the Pacers, and we'll say, Hey, we want to bring you here, but you have to accept one million a year, and we're not going to give you any of the money that you're due. So if he's okay <laughs> with that, then yeah, Yogi will get him. Troy Williams, nah, he doesn't. He's not allowed to join our team. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my team. Um, Drew Holiday, Victor Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, Pascal Siakam, and Jared Allen. What nice. do you think? I like it. Austin, who do you think wins? What was your team, Jeremy? My team was Damian Lillard, Oladipo, Danny Green, Julius Randle, Brooke Lopez. I think Jack's team's a little bit better. And he thought of that team in about 30 seconds. It's yeah, really impressive. That's, I mean, he's salary cap wizard, yep, you know? That's true. You know me. Um, so then, yeah, my final salary cap comes out to $83 million. But next year, it'll jump up 
one. It'll jump up 28 million. No, it'll jump up 30 million. You gotta pay to win. Pay to win. That's what the Pacers are known to do, right? <laughs> exactly. Cheese. Not. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that wraps up that segment. Um, next time, we'll probably do one for Turner or Sabonis or maybe Edmund Sumner if he keeps playing this way. So, anyway, Jeremy, take it away. We're recording this on October 28th. We've got two Pacers games under our belts, a couple of tough losses, actually. So uh, we just have some thoughts and reactions to those games. Jack is here with all your overreactions. What do you got, Jack? Well, first of all, I'm pissed, Jeremy. Oh, and let me say hot. something. I know we just had fun talking about this Oladipo dream scenario stuff, but when you just said we had tough losses, Jeremy, that doesn't even look. That doesn't even encompass the way that I'm feeling right now. Like we went to, no, Detroit came to us, and we got whooped by Andre Drummond. The thing we're supposed to be able to stop on the Pacers right now is big men scoring because we have the league leader in blocks last season. I just did well. I don't know why I did air quotes because he actually led the league in blocks last season. But the reason I am thinking this way is like, well, this dude's supposed to be good at defense and guard big men, but apparently he can't because Drummond walked out of there with, what, 32 points, 23 rebounds, something like that? Embarrassing. So then you know what we do? Instead of responding to that in the right way, we played the Cleveland Cavaliers, and we got whooped by them. Honestly, the whole game, it felt like Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson could do whatever they want. And... Yes, I said Tristan Thompson could do whatever he want, which is crazy to me when we have Miles Turner and Demonis Sabonis who are supposed to be able to stop these players. Not Sabonis necessarily, but, I mean, when you have two foot eleven guys down low and you're letting Tristan Thompson do this stuff to you, like, come on, dude. Especially Miles Turner who's supposed to be able to guard any position, right? Yeah, and I don't think this is an overreaction. I think this is a fair reaction. Really? I think if you were reacting, if you had this reaction and we'd lost two close games where we played well, it would be different. But we we didn't look great in either of those games. And you're right, T- Turner and Savonis need to step their games up. And I know Nate McMillan says that Goga's not ready to go yet, but we really need a, another option at a big guy because these are... Turner and Sabonis are getting tired out there, and they can't. They're not being able to hang with these other big men on the other teams. Well, the way they're playing makes it seems like makes it seem like they're tired coming into the game because they are bad on defense right now. Yeah, honestly, I mean, look, Drummond is in a contract year, so he's gonna put up big stats this year. I mean, the next game, the next day, they lost to the Hawks, which yeah. for the for a pacer as a Pacer fan, I'm sure you guys feel the same way as. Two huge Pacer fans, both of you. If a team whoops you and then goes to Atlanta and loses to Atlanta, like, how am I supposed to feel about that? Especially coming into the season, me thinking, yeah, there's a chance the Pacers end the season as a three seed. Like, I'm having to rethink everything now because if, I mean, I know we're figuring things out and I am being a bit dramatic, but this is my overreaction segment, right? Yeah. It's not allowed to be this way. Here's where I'm going to say pump the brakes. Okay. Yeah, you don't have to rethink the whole season. There's a lot of chemistry stuff we're figuring out, and this team's going to improve. Everybody knows that. The players know that. All the fans, we should know that. So a lot of the defensive issues, it comes from chemistry, just not knowing exactly what other players are going to do. Turner and Sabonis should have that chemistry, though. That's why I'm okay with us being real tough on them right now because they should be playing better with each other than they are. 
They should be playing with each other better. Let me tell you one more thing, though. It is the fifth year that we've had Miles Turner, and he looks no different than the day we got him. I'm telling you, he's been so consistent from the very beginning, and it's consistently mediocre. That's all I'm saying about it. So for me, I look at this and I'm like, man, this isn't Oladipo's wingman. And this is my overreaction. that He's not Oladipo's wingman going forward. What do you have to say about that? Pump the brakes. Oh, for real? Yeah, I don't think he's mediocre. Uh, he's a good player. He's a good player. And that's what he's always been, and I think that's what he always will be. And I think it is time we start tempering our expectations on him a little bit and just maybe just start to think that this is the guy he is and be okay with that yep. going forward. All right, all right, all right. Just not a wingman. Maybe a wingman. No, stop. Pump the brakes, Jeremy. <laughs> you can't pump the brakes on me. <laughs> well, I did. Um, okay, so here's what I've taken away from the two games we've played so far. And when this pod comes out, well, we still don't know when this pod will come out. So this is uh, Monday. What's the date? The 28th. So we play the Pistons tonight. All this could change, and I could um, be overreacting about something else in the next pod, which is very likely. But here's the two takeaways I have from our two losses to start the season. So. Me and Jeremy actually talked about this earlier, but or before the podcast. But Warren, TJ Warren, I've been watching him play, and I feel like he's just taking bad shots. And the first game he had ten points, second game he had eleven points. Is that right? Ten and eleven, right? Uh, around there, yeah. So he's averaging ten and a half right now. As a guy who we all expected to come in and score twenty something until Oladipo comes back, and maybe even twenty twenty something once Oladipo is back. So. For me to watch Warren put up duds against the Pistons and the Cavs makes me feel like we really struck out with TJ Warren. And, you know, maybe Warren isn't exactly the player that we should be. It could be a chemistry issue for sure. Um, but he did come from a, uh, a bad team and he was putting up good numbers on a bad team, which a lot of times there's players that come from bad teams and go to good teams and just aren't good. So one example I think of, is do you remember Tony Roten on the 76ers a few yes. years ago? Yeah. Remember how he was good for the 76ers? And then once that timeline of two or three years was over, he was awful. Yeah. Was he even good on the 76ers? Yeah, I don't know. Do you remember Kendall Marshall on the Lakers? Uh, Kendall Marshall yeah. did put up some big assist numbers. Yeah, he I'm pretty sure he was like top three in the league in assists that year per game. And then it turns out that he was bad, but it's because they were playing for bad teams. Here's a here's your really good example. Aaron Aflalo was a borderline all star in Orlando like true. one year. Yeah. He averaged like twenty one a game. That's good. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I I am a little worried about Warren. I'm a little worried about uh, Jeremy Lamb. We've only seen Lamb one game so far, but I'm nervous about Warren. Well, here's here's the thing with Warren. Um, until these guys learn how to play with each other, we're not really sure what we're going to be getting out of them. Like. Maybe Malcolm Brogdon doesn't keep averaging these high numbers going forward. Maybe that shifts to some of the other guys. And the offense has looked really clunky so far this season. Uh, the ball movement is really bad. It's really slow. So guys aren't getting in rhythm, which really makes it hard for some players to get going. So I think once we figure some of that stuff out, we'll be seeing more from Warren uh, and Jeremy Lamb, who had a slow first game as well. And I mean, once Oladipo comes back too, like that's that's an easy playmaking opportunity right there. Having a guy who can handle the ball and make stuff happen. I mean, he's he's made some nice passes in his career in Indiana too, which I'm excited for when he comes back. Um, I already talked about this, but I don't. I just don't feel like Turner's developed since he's come into the league. He is a good player. 
Um, I mean, it's better, I mean, I guess that first year, obviously, he's going to develop because like he was a rookie and nervous at that point. But he is who he is. I feel like two years ago, he's the same player that he is now. So I, I always get these high expectations for Turner coming into the season. And I'm always thinking, hey, he's Oladipo's wingman or he's going to be the future of the Pacers. Like, we got this. We're good. Like, we made another great draft pick, which by all accounts, it was a great draft pick. But, I mean, he's. I just feel like we need a superstar with Oladipo. And Miles Turner might be the answer to that in terms of a trade. With his contract right now, too, I mean, making $20 million, like, he's a tradable asset. I just found out about this um, rule. It's like the poison pill protection Mm -hmm. so it's for players who sign an extension but like this so Sabonis just signed his 20 million basically a year extension this year he's making three something million so with the poison pill protection it pretty much averages out all of his years and then that's how much his contract is worth in a trade this year okay so I don't know what the average of that would be like 83 divided by five is what whatever that would be oh I can do this in my head actually seven six 16 million. So he's probably set for 16 million as a tradable piece this year, which we can make some moves with that. But for me, I'm just thinking like maybe we need to trade Turner. Maybe it's time. Yeah, I think for sure there's a trade in there somewhere. I think they signed Sabonis with the intent of trading one of them at some point this season. Uh, I just don't, I'm not sure what the trade would be, but I think they're looking at it for sure. What do you, do you think Sabonis and Turner have that thought too? Like they just signed Sabonis so that they could trade one of us? They might. I think. A lot of, a lot of players probably have that on their minds. Yeah, pretty much all the time. So I'm not sure how much it would affect them, but I'm sure that they it crosses their minds. Yeah, definitely. You want me to give my next reaction? Yeah. Edmund Sumner looks so good. I'm so hyped for Edmund Sumner. I would start him over Jeremy Lamb right now. He has looked really good. Um, I think Lamb off the bench is a really good option, but also Edmund Sumner off the bench is a really good option. So I think either way you go, we're going to be okay. Uh, I'd like to see him be a little bit more measured. He's really explosive, and he has a really high motor. So I think that could lead to making some mistakes down the road, but he is he has looked really good so far. Um, so the All Pacers post we just made, which got over 1,000 likes, first time ever in the history of All Dot Pacers, but Oladipo's taking Edmund Sumner under his wing a lot right now. It's because Oladipo sees a lot of himself in Edmund Sumner, and it's kind of – it's a Cool uh, story that we wrote real quick. It's re- very brief. It's worth the read. So if you go back to our Instagram, you can find the one where Edmund Sumner is there on the post. It's a few posts ago. You'll see it. The thing about Edmund Sumner is he's great on defense, but he moves too quick on offense and is always going at one speed. So what Oladipo's been working on him with is really pacing himself out, really like controlling the tempo of the game. And I mean, it, Edmund Sumner is going to take a while to get to that point for sure. I mean, he's still young and hasn't got a lot of reps in the NBA yet. But I mean, if Oladipo's helping you with helping you out with changing the pace of a game, like you're in good shape because yes. that's something Oladipo's really good at doing. Sure. So yeah, I think there's a ton of hope with Edmund Sumner in that, and I'm excited about him. I I'm excited about Edmund Sumner. I'm really excited. So I'd love to see him in the starting lineup, especially since he is really good at defense. The coaching staffs put him on a freelance roaming defensive uh, format type of thing, where which is what Oladipo's on. So when Oladipo's starting, he's allowed to just like kind of free roam around on defense to make plays. So they put Edmund Sumner on the same thing. So I think it'd be good for him to be in the starting lineup and practice doing that with the team that we have. And also it'd be good for Jeremy Lamb to come in off the bench and start practicing his role too. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about Edmund Sumner, I guess, <laughs> like I said. So that's what I have to say. What do you think? I agree with you. Like I said, I think working with Oladipo to work on his game a little bit 
to improve his reactions and the way he moves and stuff. It will be really helpful, but I think he's he's a good player. He's really good. Yeah. My final take for right now is Malcolm Brogdon is an Eastern Conference All-Star. I like it. Yeah? I like it. I mean, he's averaging 26 points a game right now and 10 and a half assists. It's two games. Yep. I but, like it. dude, he looks good. I think it's who he is. I think this is the player he's going to be this season. Like I said, I think there is a chance that as the offense develops, some of the scoring gets shifted to other players, but I think he'll be in the 22 to 28 point range at the end of the season. So Really? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I really believe the Pacers will turn it around. I mean, it's not going to be as hopeful as I had expected because, I mean, I was quoted. I'm sure I've said it a bunch too, but I think the Pacers would have started out 10-2, and two, and I said that before the season, and now we're 0-2, so we got to win the next 10, <laughs> which stinks. Um, but I thought these were guaranteed victories, the first two. If we're in the playoff picture come All-Star voting time and um, Brogdon keeps averaging these stats, I think he's our All-Star. I thought it was going to be Warren or Turner or Sabonis and maybe Brogdon. But I think it's for sure Brogdon at this point. And it is super early, so any of those players could have a great game tonight and then no just way. take off. No, Brogdon. Uh, huge tangent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just Brogdon. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those, those are some of my takeaways from the first two games. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? Aaron Holiday, coach's decision, DNP. So it was? Yeah, on Friday uh, against the Cavs, a coach's decision did not play. So apparently TJ McConnell is the guy off the bench for us now, which I don't love. Heartbreaking to Pacer fans. Aaron Holiday did have – he missed a couple games with sickness at the end of the preseason, so I don't know if that was lingering. He didn't play great in the opener, but there's there must be something going on there if he's getting a coach's decision. Weird. That's really weird. That's something to look out for moving forward here. Yeah, and Edmund Sumner got the start. Yeah, may, I mean, maybe there's a shift right now in the Pacers organization that Edmund Sumner is the new guy to develop. More likely, it's just Nate McMillan is weird with young players. <laughs> yeah, that is more than likely. <laughs> cool, so you want to wrap up? Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure you rate and subscribe. Tell your friends. Check us out on Instagram at all.pacers. Let us know how we're doing here. We want to... We want to grow as podcasters and get better at this. And we also want to hear what you think uh, about our overreactions, our Oladipo team takes. Just let us know. We love interacting with our fans. Uh, For Jack Brown and Breezy, I am Jeremy, and we'll see you next time. Primos, baby. Peace out. basketball. It's all about playing the game the right way. The name on the front of the jersey is more important.